This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D I E T Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Full Pull Wines. Now, Full Pull Wines is a service where you sign up for a free mailing list and they tell you stories of great Northwest and a few imported wines. And if you see hear about one you like, you tell them, uh, put me down for some of that, uh, anywhere from one bottle to a case or more. And then you can pick it up at their warehouse in Seattle. Or, or they'll, they'll ship it to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, for this episode about different shapes of French fries, I asked Full Pull Wines founder Paul Zinarelli. Yeah, what? what what he would pair with a variety of different kinds of fries. And he recommended... Did he recommend different wines for different shapes? Oh, God, that would be great, wouldn't it? No. He said uh, definitely an inexpensive sparkling wine, something like a Cremant de Bourgogne or a Cremant d'Alsace. Oh, yes. Yes, I love those suggestions. The, like, crisp, bubbly thing with the fatty, delicious, hot French fries. Yep. So if you want a crisp, bubbly thing or any other kind of (laughs) boutique wine, go to fullpullwines.com and sign up for their mailing list. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And today we're talking about French fry shapes. Yes. Yes. So that means that we have been doing a lot of, or Matthew has been doing a lot of frying of frozen French fries here in his apartment, a.k.a. our studio. Yep. And Mm. I don't know, do we have to do an episode? Can we just eat these fries? So here's what I did. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oh, yum. Mm. This is a real you-can't-have-any situation. (laughs) I bought four shapes of frozen fries. Shoestring, which really means regular in the Mm -hmm. Orida parlance. I would say that they're like uh, the width of a McDonald's fry. Yep. Uh, Steak, waffle cut, and curly. Yeah. And the curly ones appear to be seasoned. I dumped them into the into the wok, which was full of hot peanut oil. Just mm. uh, just four, all four shapes at the same time. This, this the oh my god! I don't even know where to begin. This is the most exciting eating experience we've ever had on this show. Well, because I was actually I was I was last night I I was anxious thinking like, are we going to eat a bunch of shitty baked fries? And then I was like, wait a minute. I can just fry all four of these shapes at the same time, live on the edge, live uh-huh, a little for uh-huh, once. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's what I did, and um, now we're retired. This is great. <laughs> so let's hit memory lane. Uh-huh. What non-standard French fry shapes do you remember mm. from your youth? Okay, so 
There were not many waffle fries in my youth. Cross that off the list. I don't really remember those either. Not many steak fries, I gotta say. It was, uh, uh, I don't know. Steak fries, I feel like, are the, kind of the, the lame fry. <laughs> Some people really like them, though. I don't understand the They're the biggest the of fries, and yet in terms of, of, uh, of uh, pleasure in eating, they're a small fry. <laughs> um, I wonder if... if uh, Remember when we did the mashed potato episode and decided we didn't really like mashed potatoes? Mm-hmm. I wonder if steak fries are the fry for people who love mashed potatoes because you get so yeah, much Yeah, you get so much potato. of the creamy part. Yeah. However, even having said that, I cannot recommend the Orida steak fries. They it has an have, off have taste. an off taste. Mm-hmm. Okay, but anyway, of course, there were a lot of like regular shaped mm-hmm. french fries. Um, and then I would have to say the most memorable Fry fried potato experience of my childhood was the curly fries from Arby's. Yes, which I noticed are now sold in the freezer section. Really? Arby's brand curly fries. They're a little bit more flavorful, more kind of chili powdery yep. than this brand. What's this brand? This this is Kroger brand. Okay, well, it's really solid. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Man, I gotta say that uh, it had never occurred to me to make French fries at home. And I remember that there was an article in the New York Times maybe 10 years ago where they talked about cold cold frying. Like, you put the potatoes into the oil cold right. and bring it up to a boil. My, it's not very good. Well, my friend my friend Ben, he made these these particular french fries a number of times and they were delicious. All right. But it was like 20 minutes of boiling in, you know, in this oil. I, man, this was like so easy and instant and it tastes like fries f- that you would buy. Right, out, I mean, out in the world because it is basically, you know, yes, like it's when true. Uh, you're, you're not most places you go unless it's a, a like a Belgian frites stand or a fancy French restaurant or something. You're, you're not eating. You're eating frozen fries. fries, which which are one of the best frozen products. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, so I I might do this again. Mm. Tell me about your memory lane. Mm. I definitely remember curlies. Mm-hmm. Where did you eat them? I hated Arby's, but my brothers liked Arby's, so I, I did end up going to Arby's. Wait, what did you hate about Arby's? Uh, I hated the taste of the roast beef sandwich. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It was always really smashed when when you got it. Somehow, uh-huh. even if you like had just pulled up to the drive through, they had just handed you your sandwich. It was always smashed. <laughs> like it was. <laughs> yes. There, you can you can get a job at Arby's as the person who sits on the sandwich <laughs> before gonna, it's delivered to I the customer. I was going to say, I think there's someone sitting like underneath the drive through window. <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember the episode where we sat on breakfast yes! pastries for some reason. <laughs> we that was our training for getting hired at Arby's. Okay, well, anyway, I do remember them always being kind of smashed. And I just remember, you know, the really soft, pillowy bun, the meat, and then I would always put whatever the sauce was. Horsey sauce. But I always think of that as, like, it's not horseradish-based. Is that just what they call their barbecue sauce? Oh, no, they they also have barbecue sauce. Horsey sauce is the horseradish one. No, no, I would put on the barbecue sauce. And, um, gosh, what was not to like about it? It was very sweet, salty. Flabby. I loved it. Yeah, it just didn't. It didn't push on my buttons. Wow, Matthew, you were such a peculiar child. I was very strange. Mm-hmm. I, I would have always preferred to go to Arctic Circle. What the heck was that? It was some really minor hamburger chain. Oh my gosh, is it still in Portland? I don't think so, but it's possible. Portland listeners, is Arctic Circle still a thing? Hmm. Fast food place. Interesting. I really liked it when I was a kid. Um, I clearly did not cook enough fries. Uh, okay, so other I, I remember crinkle cut fries. Crinkle cut fries, which I did not mm. get today, are the ones that I most associate with like 
frozen fries. So wait, that is you would that cook like, at home? They look like a regular fry, but that's been like crimped with a crimping iron. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is and- how they make them. <laughs> You must be kidding. I am kidding. Good. Okay. I, I do know how they make them. They they cut them on a waffle cutter and then and then slice them perpendicular so to the waffle cut. So is the cut. idea with those? I mean, so I I think the idea with different fry shapes is you get different ratios of crispy outer surface to creamy potatoy inside. Yeah, and I think And what's the idea with the crinkle cut? I mean, are you, I guess are you creating that many more jagged outside edges to get crispy? Yeah, I get I get it's more corners. Okay. It's it's like oh, they should make one of those like brownie pans but for french fries. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um I don't think crinkle cut fries are that great, but I couldn't tell you why. I think that Brahms also known <laughs> as Borgs. I think Brahms sold crinkle cut. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think of crinkle cut fries as coming in a little paper boat. Hmm. I think at Brahms they came in one of those. Do people still? Uh, actually, Dicks here in Seattle mm-hmm. still uses um, paper that is like wax on one side yes. and foil on the other. God, I love that. Oh, that's the best. Oh my gosh, well, it sounds so good. I when bet you they use that at Arctic Circle. <laughs> okay, so so crinkle cut. You were saying. I don't know, just crinkle, crinkle cut, like, uh, they, they feel like a, like a bargain fry to me for some mm-hmm. reason. I think, it's, I think it's, like, largely cultural association rather than anything to do with the fry itself. But I don't know. Did you grow up eating um, steak fries? Um, I definitely got steak fries sometimes. I, I have never liked them. Steak fries are the fries they serve at Red Robin. They also served them at, at Long John Silver's, at least when sure. I was a kid. Um, I remember my dad teaching me to put malt vinegar on the fries at at Long John that, Silver. That sounds pretty good. And and I I do think there's something about malt vinegar on this kind of like wide like plank of a of a French. That reminds fry. you of walking the plank. Yeah. <laughs> Ahoy, matey. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the steak fries. I always felt like what you said, like like too much potato, not enough crisp. It, it's just it's why are they called steak fries? I think because they they are like uh, fries that you might get with a steak at a steakhouse. I don't know to what extent. Who decided this stuff? I don't know. Uh, Ruth Ruth's Chris. Ruth. Morton. What are some other steakhouses? Uh, Peter Daniels. Peter Luger. Yeah. Daniels. Right. Yeah, Daniel's um, broiler. Ruth's Chris is really the yep. the original uh, in terms of name recognition. Uh-huh. Uh, so, hey, have you ever gone to Zuni Cafe in San Francisco? Nope. That was the first place I ever had real shoestring fries. I mean, really, okay. like the width of shoestring, like like a stack of hay. Oh yes, <laughs> delicious hay. I that's my favorite. I would take those over the McDonald's like golden ratio format of fries. Huh. I, I, I'm a believer in the golden ratio. I mean, I, I like a good crispy outer part of a French fry as much as anybody else, but I also like a little bit of the creamy middle. Yeah. I, so, so, uh, I have like a real nostalgic association with shoestring fries because when I was in college, I would often at, at University of Washington, I would often go to Schultz's on the Ave, which is still there, which is a sausage restaurant. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's like down by Forty Third or Forty Second. Uh, yeah. yeah, down um, at that end, near near Schmidt like Campus Parkway. Schmitz Hall. Yeah, yep, near near Campus Parkway. Okay. Uh, and uh, the you get a a basket, which is your sausage sandwich and coleslaw and a basket of fries, and they're shoestring fries, and I and they are seasoned okay um and uh like seasoned like curly fries a little bit like not as strongly as as curly fries but they got a little some kind of little spice going on there okay 
And they're really and, good. And they're really good. And like as you eat your sausage sandwich, like stuff drips out onto them. Oh. It's great. Oh. Wow. I I you know, I know that there's been a lot written by like Cooks Illustrated and people who like to geek out on, you know, these these golden ratio kind mm-hmm. of situations. One point six eight to one. Wait, really? That's the golden ratio. Uh, it has nothing to do with French fries. Oh, oh God. Okay. <laughs> I just couldn't get out of, get it out of my head after I said it. Wait a minute. Hold it. on. What is the golden ratio? Oh, geez. Um, so it's like uh, I can visualize like how you how you construct it like with a compass and straight edge, but I don't. But what is it? What What's so great about it? <laughs> well, I mean, it was considered like sell a, it to me, Matthew. It was considered like a beautiful, like uh, natural. I mean, it, it it appears a lot in nature. Okay, um, like like a nautilus shell yeah. exhibits the golden ratio. Um, it's related to the Fibonacci sequence, which is is that like where one like. One plus one is two. Two plus, two plus one, one is three. Three, three two, plus two, two is, is five. five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and which uh, is the the Nautilus shell? Right. So it was believed by by the Greeks, the Romans, some some old dead people to to be like a, a particularly pleasing natural ratio, and so they used it in architecture and painting and stuff. And fry cool. making. You know, yesterday I, <laughs> yesterday I, I, I feel like I'm on the Great Courses Plus. Yesterday I hung a couple of paintings on the wall behind my dining room table. Uh huh. And, and just just a couple of random paintings. <laughs> so they were actually paintings that were given to uh, to me and Brandon as a gift when we got married. Uh-huh. Ten plus years ago uh-huh. and we've always just kind of like uh, put them on a piece of furniture and kind of leaned them against the wall and I decided to finally hang them and I wonder if I was like tapping into some sort of law of nature about like the height uh, uh, that they should be hung in relation to the table and the, the their distance from one another like there's a definite sense of balance if you do say so yourself if I do say so myself it took me a while I'm gonna say yes you, you were tapping into something primal yeah. <laughs> Lay lines and shit. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. Matthew, now you know I'm a longtime believer in the 24-7 t-shirt bra. Yes, I believe you started a whole church around it. <laughs> yes, well, you know, I'm expanding the the principles of my church to... to include bras without underwire. Okay, tell me more about that. Yeah, so some people call them, like, some companies call them bralettes. Uh, Third Love calls them wireless. That makes sense. Yeah, so you don't have Invented to plug it in. Invented by Marconi. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to make the same joke every time we talk about this. So they have two bras that do not have underwires. One is uh, made of the same fabric uh, with the same memory foam situation as the 24-7 t-shirt bra that we know and love. Are, are you wearing it now? I'm does not that wearing explain it now. I just just had to grab my breast okay. just for just to remind myself of what I'm talking about. Sure. Uh, anyway, it is their wireless bra, and it is fantastic. I bought it. It fits beautifully. It's so comfortable. I, I like all of these bras that they make. It's so comfortable, so flattering. The other one is from their lounge collection. It looks like, um, I, I would say that it kind of, for those of us who are small-breasted, it's kind of almost a sports bra kind uh-huh. of look, but it's sexy because it's got a little key. Hole oh, I was looking at that on the, the website. Little, little peekaboo. Super comfy. 
gives me a really nice natural shape. And um, again, you can wear it without feeling some of those kind of annoyances you feel with an underwire. I'm so happy with these bras. That is awesome. But I don't want to pay full price for this. Is there anything you can do for me? Yes, Matthew. So right now, Third Love is is spreading the the good holiday cheer by offering you 15% off your first purchase. All right. What do I do? So here's what you do. Thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. And when you go through that link, you will get 15% off your first purchase. Thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Can we go back to curly fries Fine. for a minute? Because like um, something something about curly fries is like there there's more than one fry within any given serve, more than one type of fry. Oh, yeah, a serving of fries <laughs> is usually more than one. <laughs> Look, I I, I got to take a stand on this. When I order fries, I want to get more than one fry. I am so sick of getting <laughs> bringing home this bag that has one French fry in it. <laughs> like. Okay, go on. All right, so <laughs> there, there are the ones like that are that are sort of like uh, shaped like an arc, and then they're the like corkscrew kind. Which which do you prefer? Wait, shaped like an arc, oh, like this curly fries. I think like I'm lightly th- curled versus heavily. Curled oh, I figured kind of? these were just broken off corkscrews. Uh, no, because the corkscrew is really tight. So when you open up the package of frozen, uh, I can curly go get the fries. Package. Yeah, could you br- could you please bring it? Um, could you bring over maybe a few of the packages? I want to look at them. Like I've never never bought these before. Like it, was there a huge selection of them in the grocery store? Look at all your chip clips. Yeah, they, they have a big selection of frozen potatoes. Okay, Golden Waffle Fries by Orida. Does, the name Orida, does it come from like Oregon and Idaho Some somehow? I just turned the bag around so Molly could see that it says Orida, Oregon, and Idaho. I'm really proud of myself for I, figuring that out. I'm oh. proud of you too. Okay, so here's a little corkscrew. Okay. And like here's an arc, here's a tight corkscrew, here's a looser corkscrew. I think the truth is, is that probably like in my mouth, I like the arc better because it gets crispier. Yeah, but the corkscrew looks cooler. the corkscrew cooler. looks better. Interesting. Oh, they called these spiral cut fries. Well, the mouth wants what the mouth wants. Um, That's okay. weird. Okay, so Orida, these waffle ones, I know a lot of people who swear by waffle fries, that they are the superior fry, especially if you're a crispy fry kind of person. So- I, I like them. I, uh, they are very crispy, and I get that. But the the fact that they are not long oblong makes them feel like not as festive as fries to me and not as fun to stuff a bunch in your mouth at well, once. Well, yeah, you can't. No. I mean, imagine what would happen to you. Uh, and that's why a serving is one fry. Matthew, I think you're going to have to fry more potatoes. I think I am going to have to fry more potatoes. How about between episodes? Okay. So will you talk about the different ways you can cook these? Frozen potatoes. Uh, yes, the ways that I know of are in the oven, which takes a long time and is not very good, mm-hmm. or deep fried, which takes a lot of oil and is messy, but is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no, I mean, the the right way to do it is to be a fast food restaurant and have a commercial deep fryer mm-hmm. at your disposal, I think. Is, like, the baked ones, are you saying they're not good just, like, because they're lacking in fat? They're just, nothing that is... Like a fry, a potato that is baked is just not going to taste. It's not going to push the fried buttons. Right. Like even though they they are pre-par fried with oil, like when you when you bake a potato, yeah, it, it's, it's just, just not different. the same. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing like something that just came out of the fryer. Yeah. And uh, but I mean, having said that, would I would I prefer 
a a baked fry over no fry, sure. Unless it was some of these shitty steak fries. What I really loved was that when you pulled the fries out of the, um, you were using one of those spiders. Yeah. It's like a wire strainer to lift them out of the oil and then you set them down on a plate lined with a paper towel. You can hear them. I mean, it's like Rice Krispies. You can hear them kind of like, Hissing and um, what what was the sound you you described it as wheezing wheezing yeah they sound like they're wheezing you can hear air escaping from them and then in a matter of seconds after they've hit the plate it, the wheezing like dies down and what it, what it sounds like is like when an airplane powers down after it's like landed yes it was it's, like, yes, it's it exactly like, like that a, like a powering down Phew. totally yes and. You know, I feel like we were in the presence of something special because if you don't fry Do you think your the own spirit pota- left these potatoes, <laughs> I think that's what's happening. I think we weighed them just before and after. What is it, twenty one grams or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> is that per fry or for a whole plate? Um, if you don't fry your own potatoes, I mean this the the sound thing only happens for like six seconds after you take them out of the oh, fryer. Yeah, you you would you would miss it if you were not the person actually frying them or standing next to the person frying them. I think if I had a, a fried potato restaurant, like I would I would have like an app on my phone that would play that sound as I delivered them <laughs> to the table. And people was like, "What is wrong with that guy?" Uh, imagine you know how how there are. I've always heard that there are like some bakeries and things like that that pump. Like buttery smelling air out onto the sidewalk. Is this I, for real? I don't know. It it has often seemed to me like it is real, but it's such a weird idea. If someone came along and said, "No, that's an urban legend," I would be probably believe them. Yeah, but, but let's get to the bottom. I of I was this. just thinking, if you when you open your French fry restaurant, what you should mm-hmm. do, is which is which is called pump that sound out onto the sidewalk. <laughs> 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 that that is a just, great way just, to draw it, customer. It's just like you. <laughs> <laughs> that just Can to keep even... playing that detumescent sound. Um, <laughs> detumescent? What the hell does that mean? Wait, so what is tumescent? Tumescent is like becoming erect. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a flaccidifying sound. Yes, yes, it's a flaccidifying sound. <laughs> Oh, I'm learning so much <laughs> with this episode. Oh, wow. Can we fry some more fries now? Um, yeah, we got we to gotta finish up. So a oh, uh, couple, couple more things. Um, curly fries. Uh, there's this place called A Burger Place in Seattle that is near Schultz's, in fact. Okay. Um, and uh, if you ask my daughter, Iris, she will tell you that they have the best curly fries in the world. They are just the same commercial frozen curly fries that every other place gets. Wait until she gets home today. You could fry some of these curly fries for her. Am I a good enough dad to do you that? You are, Matthew. I believe Fine. in you. But I th- do you think that she'll still claim that Burger Place is better? Of course. Just just uh, like uh, on principle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would too. Um, I mean, t- Burger Place is a good restaurant. Like it's it's they it's all just like very like industrial burger stuff, but uh, they they cook it well, and you could fill out a little form to say what you want on your burger. Oh, like the omelet form, exactly in like your, the omelet form in, in your dorm uh, dining hall in college. Yes, thank you for remembering that. Yeah, you know <clears throat> that. <coughs> What is it about fries that gets stuck in your throat? It yeah. doesn't seem like it would be <laughs> no a hard on the throat sort of food. Um. Anyway, so are curly fries ever not seasoned? 
That is a good question. I don't think I've ever come across unseasoned curly fries. Well, I'm sure there's no scientific reason they have to be seasoned. Well, it's, it's just, kind of like, uh, uh, I mean... What's the reason for the season is what I'm asking. There's another... It's like, think about a hamburger, okay? Okay, I Who think, have, I Whoever decided a that a hamburger had to be a sandwich? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, who, no, who, whoever... <laughs> no, I'm just saying, whoever decided that it had to be put on a bun... We could just as easily have like gotten into a tradition of serving it on a plate with like gravy poured over like, it, like a hum, like a hamburger steak in Japan, or I, like a I Salisbury sub- steak, I, like a Salisbury yeah. steak. But but we decided that like a hamburger is served mm-hmm. on a bun. Yep, we we decided that there was a there was a <laughs> referendum, and so I'm just wondering if at some point in the history of curly frying, uh-huh. if somebody was like, "We're going to put seasoning on this," and then suddenly it changed the whole definition of curly fries, and now they don't exist without seasoning. Well, we're finally going to have to read that that book, the history of curly frying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, which actually, it turns out, is like a really depressing novel for some reason. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Third Love. If you want to look great this holiday season or any and all times of year, you should head over to thirdlove.com slash milk because you can get 15% off the 24-7 t-shirt bra or any of their great-looking, great-fitting bras. Yeah, so 15% off your first purchase at thirdlove.com slash milk. Well, Matthew, this has been a really illuminating episode. Uh-huh. Boy, I've never seen Molly more eager to, to finish an episode as, as now when she knows that I will fry more fries after this one is done. So you can find us uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast, where we would love to hear about your favorite kind, your favorite shape of fry. Yeah, what shape did we forget? Have you ever had an unseasoned curly fry? Oh, and yeah, tell us. It, we need to know. What do you think? Does anyone have any actual evidence that this uh, thing about bakeries piping a, a fake smell yes. is real? We want to know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, find us at uh, Facebook. No, we already said that. Spilledmilkpodcast.com. <laughs> I'm already thinking ahead to those fries now, too. <laughs> Spilledmilkpodcast. <laughs> it's oh. podtastic.com. Um, and uh, please oh, leave uh, us a... And on Instagram... Uh, we are at Spilled Milk Podcast. Yeah, we'll post a, a photo of a big plate of fries that you didn't get to eat. Yep. Um, and uh, leave, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. And until next time, uh, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Are you D2Messing as we speak? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew Amster-Burton. I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Should add Alice to the guests page, right? <laughs> yeah. Was it going to say, like, next to her name, Alice has appeared in... in Every episode. 60 spilled milk episodes. Yep. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.